listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. I am so glad that you are here. I am so thankful that we can come together today to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for coming. You know, this week we are concluding our sermon series titled Rise and Go. And as you know that this month, this is going to be, this is going to set the tone for our focus for this year, 2024, as we desire, right, to be, to trust and obey our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as a church. And I pray that uh, as you have been praying and talking with God and listening to God, as you've been studying the scriptures for yourself, as God has been speaking to each one of you, as he's been speaking to me, I pray that you would trust him and that you would follow him and take whatever it is, that next step that he's calling you to take. I know usually we do an invitation at the end, but I just want to invite you again to really consider how it is that God is leading you to take that next step and, and what that next step might be for you. Dear friends, for some of you that might be trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Acknowledging that you're a sinner, that, that you're not perfect like me. I'm not perfect. I'm imperfect. You're imperfect like me. And that you know that your sin, that our sin separates us from God. And, and that the only one that could save us is Jesus Christ. So maybe for you, dear friend, it's, it's time God's calling you to, to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. To acknowledge, to confess Jesus as your, your Savior and to c- confess Him as your Lord. And to to commit and and to choose to follow him all the way to heaven. Dear brother or sister, maybe that's you who have already put your faith in Jesus, but God's calling you to follow him in obedience through water baptism. To maybe lay down those excuses or whatever it is that's been leading you to to delay that choice, that, that act of obedience. For some of you, others of you, maybe it's to join this local body here at Northwest and to be a committed member and to stop just being an attender. To join the work that God is doing and has planned for us here as a people, His people here at Northwest. Brothers and sisters, maybe it's for you to to serve the Lord in some specific way. Maybe for others of you, maybe you feel God calling you and preparing you for, to be a pastor or a missionary. Or maybe he's calling some of you to, to teach his word so that people would know it and, and, be, and be able to live in obedience to all that Jesus has commanded. Dear friend, I, I, I encourage you, consider what it is that God is calling you to do and to take that step. You know, I heard a story, I, I know a story, I know a story of a church in Texas 
that became aware of a sense of calling that God had on this couple's life. And, and this couple felt called to move to another state, knowing that there is a group of people that did not know Jesus as Lord. There's a growing group of people that, that lived in Arizona that did not know Jesus Christ as Lord, did not have the assurance of salvation. And this couple, called by God, sensing that call by God, committed their lives, uprooted their lives and their children, and, and they moved here to Arizona. They didn't know the language of the people that they were going to be serving or reaching out to. They didn't know all the details of everyone's life. But what they did know is that God had commanded them and called them to go and make disciples of all nations. What they did know is that God, Jesus Christ, had commanded them to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. What they did know was that Jesus had commanded them to teach people to obey all that he has commanded. What they did have was a trust and a relationship in their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this couple moved to Arizona. And, and, and as they were moving to Arizona, what they didn't know was that there is this immigrant couple, this immigrant family from China, they didn't know Jesus. And what they didn't know was that God was gonna, had planned and orchestrated and made divine appointments for this missionary couple and his wife to, to get connected with this family that didn't know Jesus, to share the gospel with this family. And for this family, for their eyes to be opened and their hearts to be softened, for God to reveal himself to them. And through that relationship, through those interactions, that family put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they were saved. I know this story because this is my story. I am a product of someone faithfully following Jesus, being willing to go as God calls them to go, to share as God calls them to share, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm a product of God changing lives. That's how I came to know Jesus. And not only that, but my experience growing up when my parents could not always take me to every event, there were other brothers and sisters that would drive me to church. There were other brothers and sisters that would spend time with me. They would talk with me. They would listen to me. They were praying for me. From this big to this big. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You should say, no, you're not. <laughs> People. God's people, the church, my Sunday school teachers, my friends, my peers, people that I never talked to, I didn't talk to on a weekly basis, people that were praying for me, people that loved me. Do you know who all of those people are? It's called the church. 
It's called the body of Christ. Brothers and sisters, God is doing great things. God has planned great things for us, for you and I to do today. And see, I'm thankful when I look back, I can see how God has, has blessed me through his church. I can see the blessing. I know I can share and shout it out, the blessing of what it means to be a part of the family of God. And I can share with you. If you want to hear it, just come and talk to me later. I'll tell you how God has blessed me through my family here at Northwest. In WCBC, Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, we will always be a church that lives on mission with God. And this year, we will be a church that rises and goes. We will not be a church that sits in the chair and just gains more information, but never lives it out and never lives in light of the truth. We will be a church that not only proclaims the good news, but believes the good news, not only teaches God's word, but lives it out. And see, that's my encouragement. This whole message this morning is an invitation. And we, I've been saying, Pastor Steve, you've been saying, rise and go, rise and go, rise and go. We know, rise and go. But let me tell you some more. Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. Yes, we will rise and go. And you might be thinking, well, why? why? Pastor Steve, you and Pastor Michael have been saying rise and go. Why? Why do we need to rise and go? Aren't we just doing the same things? It's all in the Bible. We already know what you're saying. Brothers and sisters, do you really understand what is at stake? You see, I want to invite you to, to turn, open your Bible. I want to share this one passage with you from the book of Revelation. That's the very last book of the Bible. And yes, Re Revelation reminds you of that word reveal. This is exactly why it's titled Revelation is because this is God's revelation to us. And it speaks of the end of the earth as we know it. It speaks to those end times when Jesus will come back one day. And it's written by this writer, John, and John gets this vision, and God gives John this glimpse of heaven. God gives John this glimpse of his plan and his will and what he is yet to do. And in this passage, you see this description of partly of what heaven will be like. That day... And that time when we are with Jesus face to face, that time when there will be no more sadness, no more sickness, no more pain, no more sin. I want to invite you to turn to Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 10. And I want to read this out loud for you, and, and I, want you to, I want to ask that you follow along silently, but I want to ask you right now to stand with me. I want to read Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 10. Brothers and sisters, I want you to think about why. Why? 
Why do we need to live on mission with God? Why is it important for Northwest, we the people of Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, why is it important, why is it vital, why is it necessary for us to rise and to go? Well, I want to tell you, and I want to remind you, and I want to encourage you, brother and sister, this is a message for the church. And dear friend, if you are not a member of this church or any Bible-believing, teaching, and living out church, then I encourage you to check them out. Check this church out. Research the Bible. Study it. Get to know God and what He says. And it's my prayer that you believe. And it's my prayer that you will commit and be a committed member of a local church because God is working and God has a plan. And again, why? What is the point? Well, let me tell you partly here. I want to share this with you. I'm going to read it out loud, and please follow along silently. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. God giving a glimpse of heaven. After this, I looked, and, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb, talking about Jesus Christ. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we praise you. We praise you, God, because you are almighty. We praise you, God, because you are perfect. God, and we thank you for today. Thank you for this beautiful day that you've allowed us to come together, to gather and worship of you in worship of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you that we can worship in freedom. Thank you, God, that you give us your word and, you, and we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, God, that you teach us about who you are and, we, and you teach us about your will and your plans. And God, you teach us promises and principles and precepts, God, that we can stand upon, that we can memorize, that we can live by. Thank you, God, for being so good to us. Thank you, God, for how you worked so divinely and supernaturally in my life. You planned for me, God, before I was even born. You planned to save me because you love me. And God, your desire, you planned for all of us, God, to be with you forever. And yet we know sin messed everything up. It broke our relationship with you. And yet, God, even you loved us so much, you had a plan for that, to bring us back to you, to, to, to make our relationship right with you once again. It is your desire, God, that, there would be, that all of us would be saved. Jesus came to seek and save all of the lost. And yet, God, I look forward to this one day. There will be people from all over the world bowing to you, worshiping you, crying out to you, shouting of your glory, of your greatness, thanking you, God, for how you've saved us. So, God, I pray that you would, as you speak, it's not a question of if, if you speak, that, God, as you speak to us, help us to listen to you, help us to trust you, and help us to follow you with our lives. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
Northwest Chinese Baptist Church will rise and go. We will be a church. We, are always, we have always been a church that lives on mission with God. And so these are these four actions that, that I want to share with you, these four encouragements this morning as we look to God's Word, as, as we get the big picture that ultimately... Right? If you think about missions, when we think about missions, we know it's, it's going out, sharing the gospel to people all over, to the ends of the earth. But what's the point of missions? And what's the problem with missions? Why is there a mission? Because there's a worship problem. And that problem is that not everybody in this world is worshiping the one and only true living God. And that, therefore, there has to be a mission. Because there is a need. There's a need for people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. There's a need for people to be set free and saved from their sins. And so really there's a need for missions because there is a worship problem. And when the, the church rises up, when the people of God rise up, gather together, and they go out in obedience and they proclaim the good news of Jesus, what happens? God saves people. Jesus saves people. And when people are saved, what do they end up doing? Worshiping God. Northwest Chinese Baptist Church will rise and go. Number one, we will go love God. Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, we will be a people that goes out and loves God wherever we go. And see, yes, that is a personal thing. That's a relational thing. But it's something that is also visible. Because when you love God, when you love Jesus Christ, that means you're going to believe in Him and you're going to put your trust in Him. And you all know that by God's grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, we are saved from our sins. And the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us and changes us, gives us new life. It's like we're born again spiritually. So there's evidence. When you trust Jesus, when you love God, there's evidence through how you live, through how you think, through how you treat others, through how you speak to others, how you make decisions, when you make decisions, because all of it points to God. All of it is informed and conformed to the, the will and the word of God as we learn and grow to be more like him. And not only that, but God's will for us. It's to grow to maturity in Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us. It's the Holy Spirit that guides us and leads us and equips us and empowers us to do and to live the life that God created us to live, the most amazing life with Him. So as we rise and go, we will love God. Right? We know this is important. And, and why, Pastor Steve, are you talking about this? Because Jesus talks about it. In Matthew 22, verse 35 through 38, one expert in the law tested Jesus with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Is it important for us to love God, dear brothers and sisters? What? <laughs> okay, good. You're listening. No, it's because you know. Yes, yes, it's, it's vital. What's the most important law of all the laws that you've given us, Jesus? 
that God has given us. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Brothers and sisters, what does it mean then? What does it look like for us to love God? That means to worship God. That means to point to his worth. That means to point to his greatness. Yes, glorify him, point to how great he is, but worship him with your life. Worship is not just something you do on Sunday. It's not just something you do together here with the rest of the church body. It's, it's a lifestyle. Worship being God every day in all that we do. Acknowledging his greatness. Acknowledging his grace and his mercy, his love, and how amazing he is. We worship God. Yes, we do it together with, with the rest of our church family, and we do it individually as we live our lives, as we work, as we go to school. These are all opportunities to worship God. Loving God also means to get to know what he says. Right? Jesus says, if you love me, you will do what? You'll obey my commands. How do we know what it is that Jesus calls us and commands us to do? We get to know his word. And if any of you claim, well, I don't need the Bible, Pastor Steve, because God speaks to me. I will tell you this. If whatever voice that you're hearing that you think is God, if it doesn't line up with this, the Bible, then that's not God. Get into the Word. And imagine, imagine this. I don't know, some of you, how many of you have ever uh, been in a close relationship with somebody? Okay, most everybody. All of you have family, all right? And then some of you guys, some of you are married, some of you not married, some of you have dated before, but okay, we won't talk about that. I don't know about you, but the people that I love, I want to talk to them. I want to spend time with them. I want to know what they're thinking. I want to know what their dreams are. I want to know what their thoughts are. Think about that with God. Think about the creator of the heavens and the earth, the, create, the person, the one that created you. He loves you. That means he knows you better than you know yourselves, and he wants to know, he, even though he knows what's on your heart, he wants to talk with you and, and, and to share things with you and to walk with you and for you to walk with him and to be with him, and he wants to be with you. Think about the whole gospel, the good news. Why did Jesus come? He came to die, but why did he come to die? Because we had a problem with sin, and sin separates us from God. He wanted us to be in relationship with him again. Because he loves us. Live a life of worship. Live your life in the word of God, not just growing to know it, but living it out. That means, what do you need to do? It means we need to take time and set aside time. You can't make time, but you can set aside time. All of us have the same amount of time. But for things that are important and things that we prioritize, we set aside time. There's no way around it. We have to set aside time to get into the Word of God, to hear from God, to ask God, to talk with God, ask Him questions, to, to ask Him for things, to pray. And not only that, what does it mean to love God? It means to think about how you're using your life that He's given you, your witness. So worship the Word and your witness. Your witness is the message that you send by how you live your life. What is it that people see when they come in contact with you? What is it that people come away with? Well, Pastor Steve, he's not that special. He's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that guy. 
You see, because of our faith in Jesus, we are all witnesses of Jesus. And it's not about pointing out all the great things about yourself. It's about pointing people to see how great God is and how great the things that he is doing in and through you. That is all of our story to tell those of us who are in Christ Jesus. About how we were once in the dark and he brought us into the light. How we were once blind and couldn't see, but he opened our eyes and now we can see. How we were once slaves to sin, but now we've been set free to live lives of righteousness. How we were once lost and without hope, but now we have hope because of Jesus. That's all of our story. We will be a church that loves God. Personally, that means we need to prioritize him. We need to plan for him. We need to prize him as our treasure. Is Jesus your ultimate treasure, dear brother and sister? If not, you are setting yourself up for destruction and discontentment. Not only is loving God personal, but it also involves other people. I've heard people say, I don't, again, I don't need other people. I just need God. And I will say, dear brother or sister, you're partly correct. Yes, when it comes down to it, God is the only one that saves. Jesus is the only one that saves. But at the same time, God created us to live this life in the context of family, in the context of community. If God only wanted you to live alone, then there would be no other people. If God wanted Adam to live alone for the rest of forever, he would not have created Eve. Loving God involves loving other people. And it means prioritizing people. It means planning for people. It means praying for people. Brothers and sisters, our culture today is so much about looking at yourself, doing things for yourself, you do you. You worry about you. You do what you need to do to make sure you are you. Oh, that's kind of confusing. But see, that's not the way of Jesus Christ. For when I look at the example of Jesus Christ, I see that he humbled himself. He came, from, he came down from his, the heavenly realms and he came to be with the people that, that wanted to kill him, the people that rejected him, the people that spit upon him, the people that mocked him. And he willingly chose to die for those people. He chose to die for you. And he chose to die for me. Loving, to love someone means to willingly sacrifice for their benefit. How many of us prioritize and plan how we can sacrifice to the benefit of other people? How many of us prioritize and plan daily, weekly, monthly, yearly how God is leading us to do that? And how are we praying for that? Brothers and sisters, to love God, yes, it's personal, but it also means to love other people. Secondly, Northwest will rise and go, not just love God, but we will also go and share the good news. 
You look at Acts, you look at the early church. When Jesus rose from the dead, he revealed himself to the disciples and other people. And before he ascended to heaven, before he uh, comes back again, he said this, right? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Brothers and sisters, there is only one good news. There is only one gospel, and it's about Jesus. Jesus is the one and only true living God. Jesus is the only one that saves. He is our only hope. He is the source of of the only true joy. He is our only source of peace. Will you rise and go share the good news? See, Paul reminds us of this exact message. And when you look at Romans chapter 10, verses 8 and 9, uh, and, and he writes this, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Paul, right, he reminds us of this exact message. There's one gospel. There's one true gospel, and it talks about a true Savior, a true Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus. He says, remember that. Remember the message. Remember the truth that you have been told, the foundation of our faith. Remember Jesus, Christ crucified and risen. It involves this exact, this specific message. It's not hard to know. What does it mean for us to be a church that goes and shares the good news? It means that we will grow in our love and our, 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 our conviction to reach everyone, to reach all people everywhere, right? As we learn about how God loves us, we cannot help but grow in love for other people, especially those who are lost and in need of Jesus Christ. And we think about not just the people that are convenient to reach and to share with, but we have a heart and a love and a conviction to reach all people everywhere to the ends of the earth. Pastor Steve, now you're just getting very impractical. There's no way that we can reach all people in every part of the world. And I will say, you are right. But I also say this, yes, it's not possible for us here at Northwest to reach every single person, but I tell you this with certainty, that God has called us to reach some people across the world and around the world so that they may be saved. See, if Jesus commands us to go to the ends of the earth, then we must take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Yes, it starts here, then it goes out from here to our neighborhood, to our city, to our state, to other states, to our country, to other countries. It goes out from here, and we will not stop because we know that this is God's will for us to go and take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We will rise, and we will go share the gospel. And how do we share the gospel? One of the greatest ways, and I'm thankful for our Bible study teachers this morning because we were reminded of one of the greatest tools that God has given us, and that's our story. That's your testimony. 
All of you who have put your faith in Jesus have a testimony to share, a story to share of how it is that you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what your life was like before you knew Jesus, and what difference Jesus makes in your life today. That's your testimony. And I want you to know God can use your story to help write a new ending for someone else's. God can use your story to help someone come to faith in Jesus Christ. And what does it mean? How do we share the gospel? There's so many ways. You can just share one verse. You can share John 3.16 and help someone to understand it. You can share that passage in Romans that I just shared where the Apostle Paul reminds us of what that message is. Or you can think of it in these three sections. You can just open a conversation up with someone and ask them what they believe. Ask them what they believe. Do you think there's life after death? What do you think about God? You know, I believe in God, but I was just curious. What do you think, friend? But you can talk to someone about these three things. You can talk to them about how there's brokenness in this world. I think everyone would agree that this world is not perfect. All we have to do is look in the mirror. You talk about brokenness. You talk about how, uh, how God tells us that it's because of sin that all the whole world is broken. And we look at sickness, we see war, we see broken relationships. We can point to its origin in knowing that it's all because of sin. And yet we can also tell our friends, well, this, but that was not God's original plan for everything to be broken. No, he created everything and it was good. We can point to God's original plan for him to be with us and for us to be with him and for things to be good and for life to be eternal with him and to be lived for him. You see, in third, you can talk about, yeah, but things are broken. And even though that wasn't God's original design for things to be messed up because of sin, God made a way for us to be healed. God made a way for us to be set free. God made a way for our relationship with Him to be made right again, and that's through His one and only Son, Jesus. Those three areas you can talk to anyone about, and you can lead someone to put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and for them to be saved for the rest of forever. Brothers and sisters, it's as simple as that. The question is, is, will you follow Jesus? Will you rise up and go share the gospel? And see, let that action of sharing and proclaiming the good news flow from a heart that knows the love of God and has, is growing in a love for God and for other people. Third, Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, we will rise and go live on mission. Pastor Steve, what, we all have to move to China? No. I said missions is a lifestyle. Missions is a fact of, uh, of loving those that are lost and going to them wherever they are. Maybe they're next to you right now. Going to them, loving them, and loving them through sharing the good news of Jesus with them. Living on mission. God's mission is revealed to us in His Word, the Bible. And the Bible is the most tangible way that He reveals Himself to us today. And the Bible, right, is filled with God's plan for us. And so we need to know it. There's so many people that I've heard through the years, you know, from childhood until even now, that ask me, I have no idea what God wants me to do. 
and I encourage them with the same encouragement every time. Well, or I ask them a question, well, have you spent time in God's Word? And most of the time, do you know those people that say, I have no idea what God wants me to do? Do you know what their answer is to that question? No, I haven't been studying God's Word. I say, then let's start getting into God's Word. Brothers and sisters, if you want to live on mission with God, you need to know what the mission of God is. If you want to have something valuable to share with somebody, you need to have that treasure to share. We cannot give what we do not have. And so if we don't know God's word, then how can, why are you beating yourself up and feeling guilty because you don't know God's word? Because you, you can't share it if you don't know it. Am I saying you have to memorize the whole Bible? No, because I don't have it memorized. But what I'm saying is get into it. Search it. Study it. Get to know it. Because when you do, I know, I guarantee that you will find treasure. Because it's all about Jesus. So you need to observe the word. You need to study it. You need to scour it. And do you have to do this for hours a day? No. Start with 10 minutes. But set aside that time. And maybe increase it little by little. You need to observe it. You need to seek to interpret it. And, and whenever we try to understand what God's word is saying to us, uh, you need to understand, brother and sister, dear friend, there's only one correct interpretation. For every passage of the Bible, there's only one correct interpretation. And that correct interpretation is not what Pastor Steve says. It's what God was saying. It's what God is saying. That's the only correct interpretation. And so our goal should be to find what God is saying, not just... Pastor Steve, what do you think this says? We need to ask God, God, what are you saying to me? We need to know what he's saying, and then we also need to be willing to apply it and live it out. Not just sit on it, not just keep it in your mind, and say, oh yeah, Pastor Steve, I know John 3.16. I know Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, and I can recite it to you every word, and I can recite it in the King James, I can recite it in the NIV, I can recite it in the NASB, and I can recite it in all the 20 other translations. Do you believe it? Are you living it out? Right? Because we know even Satan knows and believes in Jesus. He knows that's, that Jesus is real and that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. But the difference is Satan chooses to reject Jesus. You know, when you talk about missions, I, I have to bring this up because I, I've heard so many people through the years, even some pastors, who have said, when you think about missions, sometimes you think about somebody uprooting themselves and moving somewhere to a different country or different state or somewhere else. Sometimes you think about short-term trips, you know, like we do with our youth every summer for, for as long as I can remember. We go to the Native American reservation just to spend a week up there, less than a week. I've heard so many people share with me, even some pastors, sadly, to say, who have said that short-term missions are useless and a waste of time and a waste of resources. 
And uh, I never really said it to their face, but I couldn't disagree with them more. Why? Not only is it my opinion, but it's also what I believe God says and teaches us in his word. Because how can time and treasure be wasted if the love of God is shared and if the word of God is taught and the gospel of Jesus is proclaimed and if people are saved? How can that be a waste? Because when I read scripture, I see how can someone be saved unless the gospel, unless they hear the gospel? How can someone share the gospel unless someone tells them and teaches them the gospel? And how can someone share the gospel unless somebody sends them out to go share it? Whether you spend a day or a year or the, your whole life somewhere else, every moment is an opportunity to reach someone for Jesus. Every moment is a moment to, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Sharing Jesus should be a lifestyle. Missions is a lifestyle for those of us who have been saved and redeemed and regenerated by Jesus Christ. And there are limitless opportunities for the proclamation of the gospel. There are limitless opportunities for you and I, brother and sister, to go and be used by God that they might be saved. Fourth, Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, we will be a people that rises and goes to love people. You know, Matthew chapter 22, again, when Jesus was questioned by those, those experts in the word, in the law, and he said the first and greatest commandment was to love God, and he also shared the second greatest commandment. Right? The first one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. You see, and even then, uh, Jesus to his disciples, before he left and ascended, he, he gave them this new command. And he said, love one another just as I love you. He said, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love each other. Brothers and sisters, do you know what love is? If you know Jesus, you know what love is. Love is not a feeling, though there are feelings that come along with love, with being loved and choosing to love others. But love, it is an action. It is, like I said before, it is willingly sacrificing for the benefit of someone else. And so the question that I want to encourage you with, for you to ask yourself daily, for the people that God brings into your life, in your sphere of influence, dear brothers and sisters, will you pray this prayer and ask this question to yourself every day, because God will change us and use us in such a mighty way if we would just ask this question and ask God to help us to, to answer this question and to, to move in relation to this question, ask yourselves, God, and ask God, ask God, God, how can I love? this person intentionally today. I'm talking about all the people that are in your life that you're going to come into contact with. God, how can I love John today? God, how can I love Larry today? God, how can I love Debbie today? How can I love Braden today intentionally? First you pray. Sometimes you have a plan. But really you pray and then you rise up and you go. 
What, is it, what would it look like for us as a church to, to love people? And again, you guys are doing this. I've been recipients of your love, dear brothers and sisters, and I thank God for it every day. But I want to put it into words. I want to put it into actions so that, so that we can be intentional. And so I just want to put it this way. What would it look like for us to, to love people like Jesus loves us? Well, it would, it would require us to meet people. And when I say meet people, I mean connect with people. Like, make time for people. Can you make time for everybody? No. But you can make time for somebody. What does it mean to meet people? It means pray, God, help me, show me, guide me, lead me to the, to the person, that, someone that I can love intentionally today or someone that I can share with today. Lead me, God, and how I can, can love my dad, how I can love my mother, how I can love my wife, how I can love my children intentionally today. Ask God, because we can do nothing apart from him. Secondly, actually make that connection. Maybe it's inviting someone for a cup of coffee. Maybe it's someone inviting someone into your apartment or home to spend some time. And, and, and I encourage you, brothers, invite some other male friends, right, friends to come. Uh, it'd be kind of weird if the first time you meet some, some woman as, as, as a man, you just say, hey, you want to come hang out in my apartment? Uh, don't do that, please. Pray, connect. Secondly, so meet people. Secondly, make disciples then. Say, once, once God blesses us with that connection, let's ask people, let's, let's find out what's important. What's their story? What is it that they believe? What do they believe about God? You might find out they already believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. Or they don't. But our desire, right, in alignment with the Great Commission and our mission that God has invited us on is to make disciples of Jesus. And so we... We make build bridges in our conversations to, to spiritual things and ultimately to the topic of Jesus and the good news of the gospel. So we meet people. We, we desire to make disciples. That means we invest in people, and that, that means we invite people into the life that we share with Jesus. We share about our lives, even our struggles and the good parts. And third, what does it mean to love intentionally? It means to think about multiplication. Brothers and sisters, church, we need to invest in one another. We need to walk alongside one another. We need one another for accountability, for encouragement, to build each other up. All the one another commands in Scripture, there are too many to name today, is all about how we are to love one another as the church, as the family of God. And when you think about multiplication we need to be a part of God's will in the lives of our dear brothers and sisters in helping them grow to maturity in Christ and helping them to thrive as disciples of Jesus who make more disciples of Jesus who are willing to go out, right, and live on mission, proclaiming the good news and accomplishing the mission of God, meeting people, making disciples, multiplying, right? Think about it. Thriving followers of Jesus, worshiping God, fellowshipping with the family of God, growing in love for Jesus, serving God and helping others, and going out to the lost everywhere, sharing the gospel with everyone. Healthy disciples make healthy churches, and healthy churches make more healthy churches. And see, this is why we partnered with, and so thankful for God's answer to prayer that we've been able to partner with other churches around the city, but specifically with Valley Life Church near Anthem, as they have a heart to reach the lost, especially all those people that are moving to the North Valley, lots of them Taiwanese, people from Taiwan, but 
There's also people from other parts of the world that are moving here. Their desire is to accomplish the mission of God, to make disciples and to plant churches. And what a blessing it is to partner with them. You see, dear friends, I shared my testimony of how I came to faith in Jesus Christ. But I want to share with you, three years ago, we prayed. We knew about people moving here because of the Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturing plant. And we pray that God would lead us uh, to do what it is that he's called us to do. And God, as we prayed, he led us to form a partnership with other brothers and sisters at Valley Life Church. And they were praying. And they, we were seeking God together. How can we reach these people for Jesus and it started with ESL classes, English classes, to, to provide for one of the needs that we learned about. But what's the goal of missions? Is ultimately that worshipers of Jesus Christ would be made. Right? And so we pray. And they started praying, our brothers and sisters at Valley Life, that, that people, that they, God would send a pastor to, to start a, a new church. And do you know what God has provided God has provided a husband and a wife uh, for the husband, th this brother, Mark Hefner, to be the pastor of a new church that, is, that we're praying will be organized and, and be grown in Anthem or in the North Valley. God has, brought, God has answered that prayer. He's brought a pastor. There's a church that is going to be formed, and we are a part of that. God is doing great things. And we're, I'm so excited because we're going to have Pastor Mark come next week to share how God has been working in his life, to share God's plan, at least God's vision for him and his family and for this new church as it's going to start soon. Brothers and sisters, will we be the church on mission with God? that's willing to rise up and go. I just want to end uh, this message, this invitation today. I want to give you a, another opportunity to respond to God today, but I just want to end with this passage from Matthew chapter 28. It's, it's the Great Commission. And brothers and sisters, we have an invitation almost every week, and, and today is no different. I want to ask you, just like I asked you at the beginning, will you respond and take that next step that God is leading you to take? And I want to do something a little different today. Before I read this passage to end this sermon, I'm just going to ask you, I'm not going to stand at the bottom there, but what I want to ask you to do, brother and sister, this is to you, my brothers and sisters, the church. If God is leading you to take some specific next step, all I want to invite you to do is just to take a step forward and pray here at the steps. It's not for me to hear your prayer, but let this just be an encouragement to the rest of the church family that, as, that you sense that God is leading you to take some specific step and whatever it is that we've been learning this month, I know that God is speaking to each of us. Would you just come and make that your prayer request? Whatever that next step is, and would you just take it to the Lord in prayer? But together, would we pray as a family and pray for one another? As we sing this song, but I want to end with this 
this passage. As an encouragement and as a charge to you, my dear brothers and sisters. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we praise you and we thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you, God, that this place is filled with people, brothers and sisters, children and adults here to worship you, God, because you are awesome. And God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for giving our lives purpose. Thank you for planning for us. Thank you for creating good things for us to do. And ultimately, God, thank you for the assurance of eternal life that we have through your son, Jesus. And so, God, I pray that while we are here, that you would help us to be good stewards of this life that you've given us, that we'd be good stewards of the relationship that you've given us, God, and that we'd be good stewards of everything that you've given us, God, that we would use everything, God, and with everything, we would love you, God, and we would love other people, and then we would take the gospel to the ends of the earth so that people might be saved. God, thank you for loving us and saving us. And God, I pray that you would encourage us and give us the strength and the boldness and the humility, God, to submit to you and to follow you as you lead us to take whatever it is that next step is. But God, that we would start today and that we would start on our knees in prayer. God, would you help us? Thank you for all that you're doing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, would you stand? And again, this is an invitation for you, church, to come and to pray. Would you come and would you pray as we sing? If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.